Hey, I'm Dina. I'm Nikki. And we're your hosts for CBD Magcast. CBD Magcast is devoted to the legalization of cannabis and its impact in your community. Cannabis Concierge, the expert and discreet service of cannabis procurement for the individual or retailer. These buds are for you. CBD Magcast Civics brings you Perilous Production with respect to the flower. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Dina. How you doing today? Really good. How you doing? I'm doing great because we're here at Harmony having ourselves another interview. And I can't wait. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, why you're here, and where you came from. We already chatted a little bit, and it's a really fun story. <laughs> My name is Kurt Nalmer. I'm the general manager of Harmony Farms. I come from California, and I'm here because this is what I love to do. And why did you pick Harmony Farms? I picked Harmony because I was introduced by a good friend who ran a company called Organic Bounty, and he had a personal relationship with the CEO, and he told me he was a good guy and that they were going to be up to good things. So I just came up here and met him and I felt like it was a good fit. I think that's really cool. I love that idea. So why don't you expand as a general manager on your job for us a little bit? Just give us a sense of what is in your day. Oh boy. I wear quite a few hats. So general Real manager. Real quick, this one says Bounty, B-O-U-N-T-E-A. And tell us a little bit about that just super quick then get into the other. Organic Bounty is a compost tea company that produces a wonderful product. It's part of our original recipe that we used in our formulation of the nutrition program for Harmony. It's a wonderful product. I can't say enough about it and run by, you know, wonderful people. That's great. Tell us again a little bit about what is involved in your mini hat day. So general manager encompasses a lot of things, but it's, for me, catching a lot of spinning plates. That's what it feels like. There's so many different moving parts in this company, and I feel like my job for the most part is making sure that they're all staying afloat. And so I do a lot of the creative uh, directorship here. The branding, creative assets are one of the things that I put a, a lot of my time and attention towards. You can see this board up here that I use to try to coordinate all of the, like I said, all the moving parts. The done is a little bit lighter than the doing and to do. So it yes, is. it is a lot of plates up there. It is. Yes, I know. I would say my main aspects is coordination. Coordinating all the different departments, coordinating all the different managers, making sure that everybody is on the same page. It's, it's a vague answer, but you know, the description in some way is vague. It's making sure that this place stays running. What is your favorite thing that you like to do the most? Let's say, what is your favorite spinning plate? The creative side. That's the branding of Harmony, I feel, is where we've really done a, a good job. We get compliments on a regular basis that people love the, they love the labels, they love the brand. From the beginning, helping, you know, when I came on, it was just a name. Harmony Farms was as much as we knew uh, the look and the feel of the company was going to be. And we had a great team, but it became apparent that we needed some like input when it came to the creative side of things. And I come from a background of more like, I was into videography, music, a number of things. I came up with an idea for a logo. I helped come up with the idea of the label format. Basically every bit of the creative side of this has been one of the things I've had the most fun doing. 
And the little skunk tail on yep. the Y on the Harmony. Yep. That's so great. I'm part of a nonprofit called Dogs, which is Dogs of Grandview supporters, and the drop down is the tail. Fun and playing with it. The original idea was a, a weather vane, and instead of a rooster, having a skunk. That was going to be the Harmony Farms. But I like it, the it way you e- landed. Yeah, it evolved. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on that note, how has your role evolved since you started oh, man. here? It has evolved quite a bit. When I came on, there was eight of us originally, including the two owners. Everybody, aside from them, there were two other people who had set trajectories. They were going to be, you know, sales manager and admin, basically. The rest of us were all just on even footing, and it was, you get in where you fit in. All we knew was we had a garden that needed to be tended to, packaging, extraction, distribution, all that stuff was to be figured out later. First thing was making sure that we had a successful crop. And so, like I said, it was getting where you fit in. So pretty much you, as a team, were trying to collectively make this venture succeed from the very beginning. And it went from garden hand, basically, to garden manager, to production manager, to, well, actually garden manager, to packaging manager, to production manager to general manager. Like it, I, ne- I was never attached to any one role. And it was really, I just wanted to be of service. And however the team felt that I was gonna be in the best service, that's what I wanted to do. So I had to let go of what I was originally responsible for in order to take on more. That's how this has all happened, is it's just really been a get in where you fit in, you know, play to the strengths that you have and hopefully your teammate has strengths in the areas that you don't. I think that's fantastic. And yeah. that's a theme that we've heard running through the interviews that we've done today, which I think is absolutely where it's at. And that is everybody's glad to be here. Everybody wants to be here. Everybody's working hard on the team together. Um, we all have the same goal. And that goal <clears throat> isn't just a successful goal. That goal is an encompassing community too, absolutely. which I think is just so powerful. And yeah. in in, in one of the reasons I think we really want to highlight a lot of you guys, and especially Harmony Farms, being somebody <laughs> that we get a chance to, to put out there and in such joy, but the love that you guys put into what you do every oh, yeah. day. No, the team is, for me, I came from... California in the medical scene and I was running my own farms and it was my friends and family like that was pretty much who I worked with and then I moved up here and I didn't know anybody so the the people that I've met through Harmony Farms are my community at this point you know and if it wasn't for the bond that I have with them I probably wouldn't have stayed you know I really love the people that I work with I feel like we've got a great balance in terms of what we all offer and I'm, I'm a very personal guy if I don't like the people I work with it's not going to last very long so I can't speak highly enough about the team that, and it's been a very organic evolution the the way that like I just said how I where I started to where I am now most everybody here has been willing to be flexible come in be of service however you can trusting that it's going to evolve into something and I feel like everybody feels pretty taken care of here we get a lot of our employees saying that this is the best job that they've ever had so we like to run it like a family business as big as we can at some point it gets big that you kind of have to take more of a corporate model but we still wanted to have that family feel I think it took Costco an awful long time before they got rid of that family feel. So you've got quite a few steps that you get to go through before you have to worry about that. We're still 47 employees, I think, you know, something like that. 
That's not shabby, though. That's quite a bit in this industry. No, it's not shabby, but I know for the level in the industry that we're operating, I know that I, from everything that I hear, we're probably doing the most with the least. Are, are you a full tier three and are you at oh, yeah. capacity? No, we're not at capacity. We're only about 10,000 square feet of canopy. So we're only... At tier one yeah, size. Yeah, no. We've got about 6,500 square feet of flower and the rest is in veg and moms. And, you know, we have quite a few different strains, so we have a pretty significant bank of mothers. But yeah, no, we're only 10,000 square feet of canopy and we've got an 80,000 square foot warehouse that is just looking to be utilized. So there's lots of different things, lots of different balls in uh, motion right now. And our processing has been one of the things that we've really gained our strength in. The, the strength of the CO2 oils and the cartridges for all we do is flour and oils, right? We, we haven't done edibles, we haven't done topicals, we haven't done dabs. Like we've basically just done cartridges and flour and I think by being laser focused on that, we've been able to maintain our quality and we've been able to excel in those areas that we've put our attention towards and not spread ourselves too thin. And you can see the amount of market share that you actually carry for only being in a 10,000 square foot canopy right now and the product that you're sitting on the shelves. I think it's just phenomenal because yeah. you're one of those brands that we pretty much will see everywhere. Yeah. Mostly just the edibles that you will see mostly everywhere right, right. consistently, totally. like you would be in some larger Safeway or whatever. But right. for you guys to be in everywhere and only be in that size, you really have got it down quite well. Yeah. No, it's, I think a lot of the success the Harmony's had has, comes from a a few different elements. One is timing. I think that it's a lot more challenging now to break into the market than it was three years ago. So I give, I give, you know, some value to the timing. I have to say, I think some of it's luck. I think some of how we came together as a team, the different people that just joined on and put their faith in this. The harmony of it all? Yeah, the harmony of it all, I like that. Yeah, harmony's better than luck, I like that. And then clearly we were able to develop a brand that had an identity that people were able to connect with. And I think branding is, at the time, was an undervalued aspect of this industry. And I think that putting the attention towards that set us apart. Just from the beginning, I remember when we started, few people were doing glass jars and now almost everybody that's trying to produce a high quality product is doing glass jars. They're like every step of the way, like I said, since we've only focused in a few different areas, all of our attention has been put towards that. So it's like, how can we be sure that we're producing the best product when it comes to flour? And some of that's in the attention to the jar and the attention to the label and the attention to, you know, now, we use an induction seal to yes. hermetically seal our jars, yep. which is something used commonly in lots of uh, consumables, peanut butter, pretty much every jar that you would get, you expect to have that freshness seal in it. And to me, those are the kind of things that I saw needed and was going to make a statement and set you apart when you came to the market with that and everybody else was still catching up. Yeah. What? role do you see the cannabis industry playing in the economy now or in the future? Interesting question. I think that the industry right now, there's so much speculation around this, but I think that Washington has done a good job with the way that they've set this up. I think the only criticism that I have towards the Washington model is we have a bit of an oversupply 
issue. And the demand supply is a big part of being able to make this industry successful. And I hear more and more in a lot of the states, like I know Oregon has a huge oversupply problem. I know California is facing that as well. That to me is one of the challenges that we have is the supply and demand balance. But in the economy, I think the states having, if it, if and when we all believe it goes descheduled and goes national, it's going to change the model completely, right? You have to look at alcohol as the best template that we can use to kind of forecast what you would expect this industry to evolve into. And I think that you're going to get more into that Budweiser and then your microbrew stratification. You've got the big players that are in every market in every state and then you've got the microbrew local craft and i think that that's going to be a matter of what the vision of uh, a company is but i think as a whole it's probably going to i'm in support of full legalization obviously because i feel like this plant has so much to offer and has been in the shadows for so long that it's a shame that we're still claiming that we don't recognize any medical value from it it's it's insane, especially when they have the patent on CBD. You know, it's like the most hypocritical thing. But I think it's going to be good in, I think it's going to have lots of different ripple effects. I think that locally on a state level, it's going to support a lot of local jobs. It's going to boost a state's economy. Once it goes national, I think that you're going to see a drop off in some of that. You're going to have more of the local craft companies that survive in a, a state where in terms of production, but you're going to have some of these areas that are like just so much more naturally conducive for cannabis growing that are gonna just have million square foot grows that are going to become the distribution hubs for the country. And I think you're going to see, you're gonna see the people who have brands established either take that brand nationally or be able to hold that brand in their local state but I think you're going to see a lot of disruption in our current industry. Would you guys go across the country with Harmony if you could? I think that Harmony has a brand that could totally be a national brand. I think that what we went for with the Harmony brand was a friendly, we saw what was happening with cliche kind of stoner type branding. And then we saw on the other side, more of like the perfume, cosmetic, a little bit stuffy type of branding. And we wanted something that was in the middle, that was had a sense of fun, had a appeal to older generation, a younger generation, everyone in between. And so I, I really think that the brand itself could play nationally really well. I think that it is one of those things where quality control becomes the, my number one um, concern at that point is once you start to have these satellite operations out there, being able to maintain the quality standard across multiple states. It's definitely uh, more involved. And at this point, because we're just trying to maintain our focus on what we're doing, we've had opportunities. We've had lots of people approach us, but we're such people, people, people that if we can't see it from the beginning, it's one of those things where we usually just pass. So to answer your question, yes, I think that nationally there is a goal for this company to spread its wings but 
as it remains, we've still got so much that we're trying to do in Washington that it seems like it's a down the road kind of approach. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting is all of the IP that uh, people are starting to put around botanical patents for there's there's rumblings of a Monsanto-ish company that has basically gotten patents on pretty much cannabis itself, and you know. So how come they couldn't win the Gorilla Glue War? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're cease and desist, and we just had to change our Gorilla Glue. Did you just put the U in there and make it more like that, or how are no, you doing the glue we, part? We calling it original glue now because oh. that's what the uh, Gorilla Glue, or basically the breeders of the Gorilla Glue, they are calling theirs original glue or one of their varieties original glue. So I figured just to keep it original to the people who produced it, and I feel like trying to keep it in, how do I say this, like keeping it standard to the industry. Yeah. We've had to name some strains because we, we grow them and we realize that they're not at all what we were told they were. Oh. And at that point, you, you know, it's it's just anybody's guess. It's like, I was told this was a sour diesel and this is clearly not a sour diesel. What do we do? You know, That's the best part ever though, because then it's your own name and it's your it own flower fun. now. It is fun, yeah. That's hard for misinformation though, you know, it is. from a grower's perspective. I've seen things named disco ball because the trichome profile is incredible, but then you take that strain and grow it outside and it looks nothing like that, but it's called disco ball and that makes no sense to the consumer. And there's no real known genetics on it either, so you have no idea what that's going to do. And so, you know, I think it's like, I think that's one of those those dreams that I always laugh at. Like, oh, I'd love to sit around and just name strains all day. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, you know, but... That doesn't mean anything to anyone else, really, except no. yourself. <laughs> no, totally. You know, some people are taking the approach where they feel that the, the strain names are actually doing a disservice because they... Exactly. And, and they're, they're starting to call them whatever, K, K52 or so. You know, it's like they're just giving it a product number rather than a strain name because they feel like, well, this Pineapple Express is probably different than the Pineapple Express that you were used to in California or wherever you're from. And you do get that. I remember when Girl Scout cookies came out and that was like the rave. And you could go to anybody who sold clones and ask them if they had Girl Scout cookies. And for the most part, they're gonna say yes, because they know that they could sell 10 times more clones if they say yes, and then you grow it out and it's not Girl Scout cookies. So then what do you do, right? It, it can be an issue, clearly, right? Especially if somebody is specifically looking for a certain strain that they get a certain effect from, and that's really what they're determined to find. But I also think the reason, I mean, at this point, strain names are so a part of the culture mm-hmm. that I think what it, in my opinion, and what we've done with the Harmony labels is the strain name is the personality that people are imagining when they think of this, right? And so if it's Blue Dream, that gives a certain visual imagery that you get when you think of that, right? And so for our label, we have a woman in a canoe on the clouds falling asleep. And it's like, I feel like that personality is what people have been assigning to this plant and it's all of its different forms for so long it's kind of part of the fun of it you Mm -hmm. know yeah 
everybody's got the jar wall and everybody wants a poster yeah. so I'll just tell yeah. you now you guys have got to print more posters okay. like thousands of them because okay. we want one for our little studio we're putting together okay. and I know a ton of people that want posters a lot of people ask if we have a jar return recycling yeah, what's up with that? it's something that we've talked about it's one of these things where in order to be able to safely sell product in a used jar we'd have to go through a sterilization process mm -hmm. and it is Honestly, the goal is to have totally renewable packaging, all recycled materials, inks, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's what I would like to see for Harmony. And at this point, with prices being what they are, it's hard to squeeze the extra money into something when you know you can't get that value. Like the customer doesn't actually pay more for that. It's just added cost, which I would like to justify. And eventually I know we will. And the recycling program is one of those things where I would love to see that in place as it is right now. Buying a jar is cheaper than taking a jar back, cleaning it, and then reusing it. By a lot. It is, yeah. By a lot. It is. But when you can integrate it, then you'll be glad to do totally. so. I think what's happening right now is I think that the market has gone through a correction, basically. I think that prices were inflated from the illegal black market aspect of it, right? I mean, we all remember days when it was much more expensive than it is now, and at least on a wholesale level, right? And then as it became more supply increased, now we're seeing that premium for a illegal product starting to, there's not as much risk anymore, so that's not as inflated. And now I think what's happening is a lot of people got into it thinking that this was just a cash cow and they put their life savings in it, they took out loans, they were told that this guy knows how to grow and they went in both feet first. And now I think there's a lot of distressed farms out there. I think there's a consolidation that's happening. To be honest, I think I, I like to play chess and I think in uh, terms of like the beginning game, the middle game and the end game. And I think the beginning game just ended. I think we're in the middle game now. And I think the middle game sets up the end game. And so I think what happens is after this, you have a stabilization. I think a lot of the distressed farms will, there's, there's a culling that's happening. A lot of the farms that can't cut it are gonna go out. The guys who have enough market share to remain in place and are able to operate lean ha are gonna be able to maintain. They're going to be able to continue to gain market share. And at that point, then I think once prices have stabled, you're going to be able to actually implement some of these things that while you're in this super competitive time, you can't necessarily justify because you're, you're trying to keep as much profit as you can in order to survive. That's like, you're, you're, we're, in, we're in a bit of a race to the bottom and you know, every dollar counts when you're trying to maintain a at least a top shelf product it's and is that how you guys were able to survive the lcb the january switch over for the tracking system and nobody being able to sell their product because that was a big hit for an awful lot of people that was you know i don't think that that hit us quite as hard as others we do run really lean so that's one of the things like i said we have 47 employees we've always ran really lean we have one guy who is basically our traceability director, Tom, he's awesome. And I remember training him on Biotrack. Yep, he's upstairs. I remember training him on Biotrack. He came from our packaging and we just, we could tell that he, he had the wherewithal to be able to take on more responsibility. And so 
I had him take on the biotrack because in my evolution, like I said, it went from garden to packaging to traceability to whatever was needed I did. And at one point I was like, I have to get biotrack off of my lap because there's other things. So Tom took that over. And at some point it re we realized biotrack, uh, we, we needed more functions than it was able to offer. And so we went with S2 Solutions, which is now called Cultivera. And they've done an amazing job of, through that process, they work day and night trying to take care of their clients. And we really felt like they did a good job through that transition. Because I know a lot of people had a hard time, but I don't feel like we really missed a beat. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is awesome. Last question from me. Can you tell us your favorite personal cannabis story? Favorite personal cannabis story. Look, his face lit up. He's all excited to figure out which uh, one he's going to yeah, share. I, I like that. I always wait that. for that question. My favorite. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. Um, he's so happy to think about it. What a great well, way to I'm end like, it. I'm going back, you know, <laughs> yeah, you nine, through the memory. <laughs> years. To be honest, my favorite cannabis story is probably just growing my first plant. That's like seeing, seeing my first plant grow outdoors. I haven't thought about it in a long time, but that there was something kind of magical about it. Yeah, it really was. It was like, it was sentimental. And I remember feeling so proud uh, because I felt like it was good. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I remember feeling so proud about that. And I think not knowing at the time what it was going to lead to has something special to it too, so. Very cool. <laughs> well, thank you very much for interviewing with us, Kurt. We Absolutely. loved our conversation today, and thank you for all that you do to put out such a great product, and along with the flower and creating the culture for us in the community. We just think it's great, and to know that you had such a big hand in it, it's very exciting to Absolutely. interview you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kurt, for taking the time. Yeah. All right, that's it. Awesome. That's what we do. You guys do a great job. Well, thank you very much. CBD Magcast and Cannabis Concierge are a division of Confidential Monkey Enterprises. Visit us at www.cannabisbeyonddope.com.